Entonces, This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans, do you take medication? At VA, prescriptions have a range of copay levels, from free to $5, $8, or $11 for a 30-day prescription, depending on your eligibility. Refill by mail, in person, or on VA's mobile app. Sign up at va.gov or call 1-800-MY-VA. So easy to listen, a caveman can do it. Isolation, ready to set up that double screen. Going to her left, spinning back to the right. Pull up jumper off one leg. That one takes pinballs out. They're going to tipped away by Speeds with nine seconds left in the quarter. Out to Green, that's a deep three. Fakes it in! Great shot by Pearl Green to finish out that quarter. Wow. Rangers take the lead. Ray Bryant getting the facilitating dunk here as he kicks it over to Harmon on the wing. They want to set up a shot for him. Mastelovich wide open. Just off. Good rebound by Reed, though. Rangers are never giving up on the play. Down low to Bryant. Immaculating it all over him. Mastelovich with another chance, though. Hits it! Oh, my goodness. The lead is back. That's a two-point game. Let's wow. go, Rangers. Good ball Good movement. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to HGTV Sports in the Cave. H-Train is stuck in traffic, everybody. So just for the moment, I will be right over here running sound for us until H-Train shows up, and then I'll get my beautiful face back over there. I'll be the man on the camera right now. But as we open up our show kind of wanted to start off with a quick point nba news that i literally like just saw on my phone that uh, ricky rubio announced his retirement to focus on some uh mental health and i think that's a pretty good thing good for him that he's going out and finding you know his happiness in other things other than basketball you know good for him and his mental health hopefully watching the show helps you through some dark times is doing it is pretty fun for us, so hopefully it cheers you up a little bit. With our first topic, Monday was the Natty. Gosh, Mercury, the how did you feel about that? I want to hear your opinion before I actually start talking, because we haven't talked about that yet this morning. Well, Michigan, I mean, they just ran Washington into submission. I will give credit to Washington's defense. I thought they were going to be a big factor in this game and whether they could slow down the Michigan offense. And to their credit, they did keep it close for a lot of the game. And Washington's offense never really stepped up and answered. And eventually when you give up 300 yards rushing and your offense can only muster up 13 points, yeah, there's a good chance you lost. Yeah. The Michigan defense, they stepped up huge. They got so much pressure on Penix 
for for a team that only had one sack, I've never seen their pass rush be so disruptive. It looked so good. It looked so good. I, to Panix's credit, he did. He was doing a really good job of getting that ball out, but that this might have hurt his draft stock a little bit. Just how um, uncomfortable Michigan was able to make him in this game, and they just were never able to get a run game going, which I think really hurt because that's where a lot of the explosiveness from Washington can come from is being able to set up a play action and get some extra time. But Michigan was just not biting on it. That was very true. Like Washington, they looked so rattled. They weren't able to get anything started at all. Like that was insane. It was just they didn't let they didn't let Penix stay poised at all in the pocket. And there's a lot of offensive line penalties on Washington. It was like yeah. the defense really had them rattled where they were able to just like they were in their head at that at that point. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what really disrupted these Washington drives is like they weren't getting tackled for a loss a lot, or they weren't taking a lot of sacks, but all these pre-snap penalties really backed them up. Yeah. They would like just be getting a drive going and then it would be a false start or a holding. So it's pretty much a dead play. And then they go back a few. It's like just takes chunks away and it takes that like motive or that momentum that you're building up with the long, like field field long drive like that. So so Michigan did get helped out by a missed holding call on one of their scoring drives. And then later in that game, Washington got a real tough holding call on the big play that they had. And it was, that was a big, that was also a big factor in this game. Cause that was one of the few times Washington was able to generate an explosive play. And that got wiped out by a holding. Yeah. They, I don't know. Just Michigan really is like clearly the better team there. We got A Train. What's going on, man? A Train has made it to the studio. What's up, man? That traffic, honestly, Wednesday morning is a lot worse than coming here on a Friday morning, traffic wise. I'm telling you, dude, it is a huge difference just that two days. Wow. Good to see you, though. Welcome. (laughs) You're in the cave. We're just talking about the natty. Were you able to watch the game? No, I wasn't able to, man. I was I'm, I'm busy with appointments and uh, all the yeah, all the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going over it right now on our opening segment. Oh, okay. I will say. JJ McCarthy, he really he got the like do nothing on the group project, still get an A on the assignment because your name is on it. Only only ten completed passes in a championship game is something special. Yeah, that's oh you guys are already live. We are, yes. Oh. Oh shit. We're, we're rocking and rolling, H yeah. Do you guys already hit the 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 logo or the the theme song and all that stuff. Yep. yep, we played our intro. We're learning so much from you, H Train. Jeez. All right. Well. Yeah. Well, I I see that you guys didn't get the TikTok thing on. So while you oh, guys yeah. are talking, I'll get the TikTok thing. Sorry, yeah. everybody. I uh, woke up late. No problem. All right. Brings up next. Speaking of quarterbacks, with Michael Penix Jr. and JJ McCarthy, and their draft stock after the game, but there's still a lot of quarterbacks up for grabs right now 
Drake May, yeah. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner. There's plenty other guys on here that can definitely be picked. Bo Nix. Quinn Erlers. Er- Erlins. I-, I messed up his name, but the te- guy, Texas QB. There's a lot of there's a lot of big name guys out there. And I heard a couple rumors actually that the uh, guy from Texas may stay another year. But I that is just rumors and things. So you know how it is. I don't really know if losing the losing the natty really hurts Michael Penix too much based off of his stats and everything. I think he's still a first know. rounder and you know, one game doesn't is there, is there any reason to panic? He was very good in the Sugar Bowl, and he was very good all year. Nearly five thousand yards. So, oops, sorry, sorry guys. All oh, good. good, but only only eleven picks, almost five thousand yards this season. I mean, he's a great team leader. This is showing the tough games they played and going undefeated all the way until the national championship is one of the hardest things to do in sports. College football is very difficult to make it to the playoff and even come out with the victory. That's like, it's hard to go undefeated. And his credit in the national championship game, he did a good job of protecting the ball. Really? He really did. And they were they were right in it, and then they had the punt, and Michigan got that drive late in the fourth quarter to go up two scores, and then that's that's really when that turnover was generated when it was fourth and thirteen. You had to get it past the sticks. I will say he, you know, I think at that point he was a little flustered from the pressure still, and yeah. was trying to get that ball out quick. He he might have missed a Roma Dunze. He also had this tight end who, granted, wasn't past the sticks, but could have had some room, could have gotten there too. It was just a tough game all around for Washington. And speaking of J.J. McCarthy, his uh, 2,992 yards, 22 touchdowns, and only four interceptions this season. I mean, he honestly just fits really well with running that offense. I mean, he's got some really good receivers on his team too so it's not like he's just a completely system based quarterback like he can still throw the rock around a little bit just that's the michigan old school offense that they play they like to run the ball between the tackles and they did it pretty well against washington too they really did yeah mccarthy's in an interesting situation you know with him winning the national championship and harbaugh potentially leaving i think there's a good chance He'd go to the NFL if Harbaugh leaves, but maybe Harbaugh stays and he decides to play one more season, try to raise my draft stock. Because right now, even with winning the national championship, do I think he he goes in the top 10? No, 15, 20, probably not. I'm still thinking he'd be a later round, late first round, early second round. Yeah, because there's, there's some quarterbacks in here that can really run some high-powered offenses. You got three Pac-12 quarterbacks coming, and there are three high-scoring teams. Caleb Williams, USC, went crazy. Let's check out his stats this season. 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, five interceptions. So just great at protecting the ball. They just didn't win a lot of games, USC. 
just their bigger games they couldn't finish off. It was like, but Drake May kind of led UNC to a pretty decent record of eight and four for the Tar Heels. It's not bad. He's got great ball placement, and in my opinion, kind of one of the best arm talents in coming into this draft with Drake May right now. He had he had thirty six hundred yards, twenty nine touchdowns, nine picks. So all these quarterbacks are very good at protecting the ball. Just you see see a little bit of their weaknesses from their bigger games, but it's easily something they can work out. And how about these running backs from Michigan? Man, they both had exceptional games. Dylan Edwards, he has kind of had a quieter end of the season, and then oh, yeah. biggest stage, man, dude explodes some huge runs, and especially from a power back, he was showing some great speed there. And then McCorum, very, very good game. He'll likely be a first round draft pick. Oh yeah, Edwards probably gonna probably will drop to the second, maybe the third, but I think he's still gonna. Team's still going to pick him up. A team that's looking for a power back option. Oh, yeah. A lot of great players coming into this draft. And we know we all love to speculate about the draft, especially for guys like us. Our teams are both not in the playoffs. So, you know, we're looking forward to the offseason. But a ton of things can change. And right now, your mock drafts can be totally different after the first playoffs get over and free agency gets underway. But it is fun to think about it, so we'll we'll keep you guys updated and, and watch that as that as we approach closer and closer to the draft. Speaking of some other big names in that draft, though, we've got Marvin Harrison Jr. is a Heisman, one of the Heisman runner-ups this season at wide receiver, and arguably one of the best receivers in college football this year. Just has such a strong release, and his speed is insane. Ran a twenty. He ran twenty-two point two miles per hour in week two. Did you know that? Oh wow! In their week two game on a touchdown, he ran twenty-two point two miles an hour, which is just a little bit faster than uh, the cheetah in Miami. So this guy's quick. Yeah, he deserves. I can see. Big name you know who there. I think he's probably going to. There is. That is a good option, and if I, you know the Panthers had a good pick, we don't have to talk about that right now. They had a bad enough season yeah. but chicago with two top 10 draft picks i mean you already got dj Moore there you get a guy like marvin harrison jr to go with him give justin field some big weapons cole commit had a good year then use other top 10 pick get somebody somebody on the defensive end maybe go for a linebacker or or corner help out that secondary uh the kid from Alabama is for his name's Kool-Aid uh, McKinstry. Oh yeah. I could see I could see the Bears maybe going for him. Honestly, that's not a bad pick, really. Like if the Bears go with him, that team, the way they finish the season off, they could really skyrocket. I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely. Let's see. Let's see. The tight end from Georgia, Brock Bowers, who almost had a thousand yard receiving season, fifty-six receptions six touchdowns i mean it's a slight drop off from his first two seasons his the junior but i mean there's a he's a huge yards after catch guy it takes two three bodies to bring him down he's a big guy and i think a lot of teams could use that help up the seam just like the way broncos yeah exactly 
a lot of teams could use some help up the seam, and I think that's one of the best guys in the going into the draft this season. He could be next year's Sam Laporta for sure. That's it's hard to. I mean, we're seeing that more and more on the ball in the NFL. It's tough to get like a really good tight end and to have consistent tight end play. I mean, you look at Travis Kelsey this year, kind of a down year for him. Yeah, and obviously it wasn't a terrible year, but even still, just wasn't any great tight end play because uh, for any team, I don't think had great consistent tight end play besides like Lions, 49ers. They're always going to have that. One other player I did want to bring up before we move on, that was Joe Alt tackle from Notre Dame is probably going to be one of the higher picks just based on how some teams offensive line ended up looking like chargers or giants right there. Five or six. Only allowed three sacks on this quarterback this season and one hit on the quarterback. And good pass blocking, dude. The Giants, especially, but even the Chargers, I mean, they lost both lost their QBs to injury. I mean, the Giants went through like three different quarter had three different quarterbacks. Danny Dimes goes down, Tyrod goes down, DeVito comes in, plays really well, then he goes down. Luckily, Tyrod comes back. But they're definitely Huge need of some pass protection there. That big guard, he can, oh, yeah, he can help them out. Well, moving on to our second story of the day, wanted to take it back to Saturday to that Colts Texans game. This one should be fun, everybody. One play <laughs> in particular, this one should be uh, a good story. And yeah, we, I, I'll get your thoughts on it first, man. Fourth and one, your season's on the line. What do we do? Why are we throwing it to our third string running back? I mean. He was wide open. It's not a bad throw. He was wide open, to be fair, which is an even better reason to say that he should have caught the ball. But, oh, man, the game that Jonathan Taylor is having and the absolute stars you have in your receiving core, I feel like they could have done something a little different if they wanted to like get the ball at a star's hand. They easily could have done that because they know yeah. who their top guys are. They know how to get them the ball as well, so. I mean, and same thing, same thing goes for Tyler Goodson. Keep your head held high after that drop. Your team had a great season. Your defense played great. Offense, the young stars you have, you're gonna gonna be up there soon. The Colts, it's going, it's looking up for them. Yeah, seriously. Oh, they'll get Anthony Richardson back. I think they'll they'll be in the contention for the playoffs again. Yeah, they're a good team. Got good defense. Got some playmakers on that side of the ball, but. I mean, just to, to take it back there, very, very confusing play call. I mean, you look at that. Jonathan Taylor, he had 188 yards in that game. Yeah, He was averaging six yards in the te- per attempt. Six, I mean, that's really impressive for like a running back. Six yards per attempt. You needed one. You got great offensive line. You got one of the best offensive linemen in the league, and Quinn and Nelson. Yeah, I just straight you, shoot it right behind you him. You have your – your running back who's I mean basically unstoppable this game. You have your best best player run behind your best offensive lineman. Go get that first down. And I, I genuinely believe they could have done that. It's all it's somewhat to the scale of the Seahawks back in Super Bowl 48 against Patriots. Yep. I know that was 49. Where it's just like oh yeah, one, yeah, 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 yeah. One yard line, 49. you got one. 
you got Marshawn Lynch, and then you throw a goal line interception. I hear so many. I still see and hear so many stories about that online. That's just yeah. huge moment in football right there. And that hopefully Tyler Goodson is able to turn that one around. It's like he he won't be remembered for just that drop in yeah. his career. Let's be honest. But our next topics this weekend we got great wild card f- football going on. Oh, we yeah, super wild card weekend. No, oh. Browns Texans are kicking it off on Saturday. They played each other on Christmas Eve. Browns got the win, thirty six twenty two. But C.J. Stroud is just looking insane still, and the fact that a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback led their team to the playoffs is. That's crazy. They won the division. That's insane. That is just insane. Your mother turned around for the Texans. They had the number two overall draft pick last year. That's how bad they were. Yeah. They had three, four wins, something like that. And now you're hosting the home playoff game. They're they're way ahead of schedule. I do. This is a tough matchup for them. The Browns are really nasty on defense. They are. They're lighting it up right now. They're very tough, tough to move the ball on. I mean, they have the number one overall rated defense for a reason. Yep. They can, they can rush the passer. They got play the run really well. Miles Garrett is a beast, and And that's where it started. Really, is that pass rush? They built that up like to a core, and that defense has blossomed from there. It's really fun to watch. They run the ball really well too. I, I do think Cleveland's going to go in there and they're probably going to upset the Texans. I do think it's going to be a lot closer than it was on Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's definitely – it's going to come down to the wire on that one, I believe. But Joe Flacco has been I, – I mean, he's been the shock of the season. Yeah, that's – wow. He's, he – those, like, few games he played, it was, like, seven, eight games. Um. I he, I mean he had more touchdown passes in the like the games he played at the tail end of the season. He has more touchdowns in that time frame than Kenny Pickett's had in his entire career. That is the the fact that that is even a stat is just insane it's, in itself. It's bonkers. That's the Matt Canada fact. Oh yeah, honestly, <laughs> I think uh, that Joe Flacco is going to be a yeah. big key in the in the Browns taking the. Win. I think that the Browns are also going to upset him too. And with Flacco, he's been there. Yeah, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's he's won a su- one Super Bowl MVP. Yep. He's been in the league for a long time. He's just got a lot of playoff experience. And I think CJ Shad, rookie quarterback. I do. I don't think he's going to struggle, but I I think Flacco is going to going to play the better game, and that's. Ultimately, what it's going to come down to. Yeah, the rookies versus the vets are starting us off first. Then we have our Peacock exclusive, I, I think, is Chiefs versus Dolphins, yep. which is the next game. I personally am rooting for Miami, but as we were saying when we were prepping for the show on Monday, it is extremely hard to win football games in Kansas City in January. Yeah, and especially... When you're going into the playoffs the way the Dolphins have, they're banged up, man. Yeah. They limped into the playoffs. There's a lot of injuries in Miami right now. Yeah. 
they have I mean, their two game. best pass rushers out for the season. Their top cornerback, he's been dealing with an injury, unclear on how healthy he'll be for that game. Most are Jalen Waddle. They both missed the game on Sunday night with an injury, so we'll see if they're good, good to go, if they're 100% for that game. And it's going to be freezing in Kansas City. I mean, they just got a wicked you bundle it up. I don't know if you've seen the videos out of there. I mean, it's like whiteout blizzard, and the wind is just whipping down there. So I don't think it'll be that cold come game day, but it's still it's, it's going to be, be below a... freezing. It's going to be icy. It's going to be cold. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Tough for, for a sure. team that's used to playing in South Florida. That's oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. And there is high chances though. Sweet. So, uh, welcome in TikTok. Welcome in, in TikTok. We do have high chances for the struggles to continue for the Chiefs, though. Maybe That's true. they kind of limped into the playoffs as well, just because of how they finished out without without that much confidence. I will say though, for Kansas City, their offense has been struggling, but this is the best their defense has played. Their entire they do look time great they've had the home here, and it's it's January. It's postseason football. That's where you win win games is with your defense. Oh and yeah, you uh. Flashback a few few weeks ago when they played the Bengals. Bengals were Cincinnati. They were hanging with the Chiefs that whole time, and then in the fourth quarter, that pass rush stepped up and just wreaked havoc on that final drive that the Bengals went on to try to tie the game up. And I think that'll be the key for for Kansas City, definitely. And just Mahomes protect the football, which he struggled a bit earlier in the year. And that's where some of these losses came from. But the past against Cincinnati he did a really good job and it's just with how how experienced this team is I think that's just that one game might have helped them get their mojo back just a little bit mm-hmm. I will say before we move on to our next uh, matchup genius move by Roger Goodell and NBC to, to put this game on Peacock get all the <laughs> yeah. to have to buy a, a Peacock I nearly forgot about that Taylor. I almost forgot about that. I'm glad you brought it up. Absolutely genius move. Thank you. Our next game, finishing off the AFC Steelers versus the Bills. And I'm just going to say this before we actually get into anything. Forget the turnovers in Buffalo. The Bills are on fire right now. You know, New York football is not dead, people. The Giants and the Jets kind of died out on on the on you guys, but you got Buffalo. You guys, there's something to be hyped about. They finished off this season with a huge chip on their shoulder. They had one of the toughest schedules in football this season. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, they played contenders. Brutal. They played contenders. Yeah, I mean, you played both teams that were in last year's Super Bowl, the Red Hot Dallas Cowboys, Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. Yeah, before the injury. Caught, caught the Broncos on their hot streak. Had to play the Dolphins twice, beat them, beat them twice, pretty handily in Buffalo in Orchard Park too. Yeah. So, honestly, I like, and they had to deal with a lot of injuries, a lot of players getting banged up, and they, I mean, they just overcame adversity, and powered it out. And I will say, you know, if this was the Steelers, we were seeing halfway through the season, I think Buffalo would roll them. But Pittsburgh put it together. Oh yeah, towards the end there. Now, I mean, it's it's that brand of Steelers football we were 
Just saying they oh yeah playing good defense. They picked it up and running the ball really well. I mean, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris have just been, I mean, almost unstoppable. Yeah, down the stretch of the season. That run game is tough. I do think though, in the end, outcome. I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to stop this momentum that the Bills have. Yeah. I think they're just gonna. It's going to be a barn burner, and all these games this weekend have the potential to be a barn burner. So we got a great weekend of football ahead of us. So and just because they'll be low scoring doesn't mean there aren't going to be big plays. Yeah, I think it's just you know the the defenses here they're going to start stepping up. So the games you just you can't be out getting something from the fridge during those games. Yeah, you got to keep your eyes peeled so you kind of catch every moment. The big key for Pittsburgh on how close they're going to be able to keep that thing is what's JJ Watt's health going to be like? Because he suffered an injury. I can right now cannot remember what it was, but it was something to his knee. Is he going to be able to play? And if not, that's going to be a huge loss for this Pittsburgh pass rush. That will be a huge downset for them. I actually didn't know if he was not going to be playing or not. I thought he was in. All right. Starting off the NFC Packers, Cowboys, super young team versus the Red Hot Cowboys. It's crazy that I think the Packers are like the youngest team in the NFL right now. One of the oh, youngest yeah. teams they in there. Hands down, they're the youngest team in there. In the playoffs, they kind of spoiled the Saints' hopes, but the Seahawks won on Sunday, anyways, too. So, yeah, they're anyway. Brody. See him in the our chat there on TikTok. Welcome. We see you, man. How you doing? Good morning. You're in the cave. We're talking Packers, Cowboys. Leave your opinion in the chat chat if you like uh back to packers cowboys and just the nfl in general man the like how did this wild card weekend has some insane matchups we got mm-hmm. uh we didn't even touch on tyreek phone lines are open we didn't even touch on tyreek returning to kansas city for that dolphins game and now this one mike mccarthy hosting the his old team he because he he was that Packers head coach for a long time. Now here he's got his Cowboys at the two seed. That is hosting. I never thought about it like that. Hosting them, but what? Give me some of your predictions for this game, Kate man. Honestly, you know, as a certified Cowboys hater, I will say they are looking extremely solid, and I do love to see an underdog story. You know, with the young team coming in to get the win, but I don't know, man. Well, if you want, if you want a young, you know, underdog story, you can pick the Detroit Lions because Detroit Detroit Lions are that's so much worse. Oh, we'll uh, be, that's like we'll the Lions this season is like a Cinderella story, yeah. and we'll move on to that one in a second. But I feel like <laughs> that secondary and the pass rush of the Cowboys is extremely solid, and with that young quarterback in green bay i feel like they may be able to fluster him as well similar to you know michigan and washington but it's two different teams the defense on green bay is looking extremely tough too so um jordan love he he has been shaky at some points this year but honestly i think his first season as a starter for green bay has gone better than Favre and rogers have oh yeah i mean he was the only first year starter for the packers to take them to the playoffs I, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun too much, but kind of looks like Green Bay did it again. They found another 
generational talent at quarterback. And it sucks, too, because Jordan Love was getting hated on when the Packers first drafted him. And just, People I, were so confused why they even picked a quarterback. And, and now he's just he's how balling. Did they, how did they keep doing it? Like, my Broncos have had, like, 14 quarterbacks, quarterbacks since Peyton Manning. 14 quarterbacks. And uh, the Packers is just like, oh, every 20 years we'll just draft or we'll just draft another <laughs> guy who'll just become our starter <laughs> for the next 20. And then they'll, we'll send them off to the Jets and then Vikings. And then he'll get injured. Yeah. They get it. They need to give him another flag uh, when he returns, I swear. He is a first, flag. Jordan Love, he is a first-year starter with a super young team taking on a Cowboys team that has been just straight-out dominant at home. Yeah. They're undefeated at home this season, and their average margin of victory is very large at home. Very, very large. That pass rush is ferocious. That secondary is incredibly ball hawking and opportunistic. Yeah, and Jordan Love has he, he's had some air balls there, so they could be feasting. Well, uh, get through. We'll go quickly through the rest of these uh, playoff games, then we'll head yes. to a quick break. Lions, Rams. This is, I mean, the teams that swapped quarterbacks a couple years ago, now facing each other in the playoffs. Jared Goff sent off from L.A. because they didn't think they had what it takes for him to be a winner. Now he's hosting his old team in Stafford. All those years in Detroit, he's coming back for their first home playoff game in 30 years. Wow, what a story. He has the chance, Matt Stafford, to complete the saddest ways that you can lose a football game in Detroit. Home football game, home playoff game against your old quarterback. They've got the longest field goal in history that doinked in. Just there's so many ways that the Lions have lost that are just like completely demoralizing. And Matt Stafford winning this home playoff game, their first ever, would just be like that would just complete the story. And this season for Detroit is kind of like a Cinderella story. Nobody ever, nobody ever thought that this would happen. This this game, this might be our highest scoring game of the weekend. Detroit's defense, while it's played well at times, is still giving up the ninth most points per game. And Rams, man, they're Stafford, he's finally healthy. Nakua Cups returning to his old form. Kyron Williams has been a beast. But I mean, you flip it to the other side of the ball. Jared Goff's been on fire. Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, the one two punch of Montgomery and Gibbs. Yeah, that offense is like it's so much crazier than you actually think. We can see some points in this one. Oh yeah. And then move over to our final game, Eagles Buccaneers. And shout out Baker Mayfield. It's it's so hard not to root for that guy. Yeah, that he one, honestly led that led that team really, like crazy. What a job! You, I mean, you're coming in to fill in for Tom Brady. Those are those are about the biggest shoes you can fill. Seriously though. And to his credit, man. That team battled through all sorts of adversity, and they they toughed it out. They made it to the playoffs. And they get to host the game against a really a struggling Eagles team, like a team that, that took a also loss. Also limped into the playoffs. Took a loss from the Cardinals in Philly. You know this game's undecided for me, really, just because of the Philly struggles. They looked like the hottest team, you know, the first eleven weeks, and that completely just went downhill from there. It's been a crazy roller coaster for the Eagles this season. But I don't know, man. They kind of sputtered out a little bit. Oh, 
So the last two weeks, man, James Conner, Saquon Barkley ate them up running the football and catching it. And now you got Rashad White, who has been maybe maybe the best, or at least one of the best pass-catching backs in the league this year, mm-hmm. which is what the Eagles have really been struggling with mightily down the stretch here. Yeah, yeah. It is going to be an insane game to watch because Tampa has a huge chip on their shoulder. Now, you know, as a Saints fan, I need to go look back at the schedule and see where they got that tiebreaker on us because we could have won the division, honestly, at the last last game. If Carolina could put up some points. But that's a story for another day. That does about cover our final games. We're going to get back to team-building exercise and talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl after this break. So we will see everybody in just a few moments. Quincy Lopez. I'm a U.S. Army veteran. Throughout my service, I served my country faithfully. Unfortunately, I was injured, and because of that injury, my service ended. After my service, I had multiple surgeries, a total of 14. I was on a lot of painkillers, and I was suffering. I have PTSD, I have a TBI. And I lost my leg. It's been a long road, but six months ago, I had the last surgery. I had my leg amputated. And throughout that time, I had an angel watching over me. That angel's name is Link Hoffman. We'll catch a little fun. It's hard to explain the support and the love in any type of words. But I want you to know that throughout this whole process, I was depressed, I was down. I got cards in the mail. I got phone calls almost every day telling me that they believe in me and they believe in my recovery, asking me if I need anything to get through this recovery. And I did, I needed help. And they were there, they never turned their back. And they got me out of a hospital, out of my house, and back in the gym. So now I had the surgery six months ago and I've been able to achieve incredible things. And part of that is because of what Catcher Lip has done. This is my running leg. Initially I was told by the doctors that I wouldn't run for at least two years. Six months out and I'm running. Why? Because I did my rehab and PT in the morning and because of Catcher Lip's donations I went to the gym at night and repeated my rehab every single day. Every single day, I followed up with them 
sending her pictures, showing her how hard I was hustling. Because you all believe in us, and I want to show my appreciation. So now I sit here six months out, running, doing incredible things, getting incredible opportunities. Some of those opportunities are once in a lifetime opportunities that I would never have had without Catch a Lift and other organizations. And with, with that said, that opportunity being on the U.S. Paralympic bobsledding team, I'm so blessed to be able to do the things I do and to be around my brothers and my sisters in arms and motivate them as they motivate me. So I thank you. I thank Catch a Lift. There we go. Back from break. Back to the show, everybody. And quickly, before you hear too much of our voices, we're going to get into team building exercise week two this week. Oh, that's my cue, huh? Yep. All right. So, if you don't remember how this works, me and Cedric going to spin a wheel, take turns doing that, build a team to go head-to-head. We pick quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, an O-line, and a defense. All right. It looks like we actually do have some viewers on Facebook, so I'll let you guys know on Facebook. You can vote which team. You have up until our next show next Wednesday to tally up the votes with everybody. So at the end of our pick, get your votes in. You can leave them in the chat uh, on the this or on the stream later on. But let us know who you think will win. Mercury, I'll let you go first. I'll let I'm you start it off. Today. I got the Panthers first last time, so I'm not going first again. <laughs> Maybe next week. <laughs> Alrighty, Joel, go ahead and spin that wheel for us. I'm trying to find the page where you guys have it. Oh, it should be on the one with yours. It's on this. Sorry, folks, give us just one second. Well, we lost our tab with the spinny wheel. Yeah, that's the issue. Sorry. Good technical difficulties. Our teams from last week, though, we can go over those really quickly. Yeah. Anybody who missed that, very uh, very interesting squads. Let's so see where they're go happen. quickly with mine. Bryce Young at quarterback. Travis Etienne Jr. Adam Thielen. Keenan Allen. My tight end, Big Conklin. O-line from Tampa Bay and the Browns defense. And then my squad, I had Justin Fields at my quarterback. Got Aaron Jones at running back. My wide receivers were Debo and Terry McLaurin. Had Shigakonku from Tennessee. The 49ers O-line and the Titans defense. It should be uh, up there now. It's one of those. It should have like four other tabs. All right. All right. Well, 
hopefully this week we uh we get some better better teams. I mean, I, know. I got the Titans twice. You got the the Panthers twice. It was I can't find it. Man. They should be uh just it should be on there with the Spotify. The Spotify one has four tabs open. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mercury, you're up. All right. Up to bat. First spin, here as we spin our wheel. Spin that wheel for me. So that one click right in the middle there. Okay. We get there. It's a little small on my side. What's that say? Oh, I got the bears. Oh, okay. Okay. Ooh. Give me DJ Moore. Nice. Not a bad pick. So DJ I'll... Moore. First wide receiver. Throwing that wide now receiver too. And I almost Panthers again. It's like the Jets. The Jets. Okay. The Jets. I'll go with the Jets defense. Oh, and then I just got the Jets too. <laughs> back to back. Okay. All right. Well, I can't take their defense. You already got them. Right. Give me Brees Hall. That was going to be my first option if I didn't think of the defense there. All right. Next pick. It is. We have to zoom out just a little bit. I think that is the Browns, though. Texans. CJ Stroud. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. All right. Now we got the Broncos. Broncos. Ooh. Interesting. Give me their defense. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick there. Justin Simmons, Pat Sertain. I mean, that's locked down right there. Broncos again. Okay. I'm going to go and pick Cortland Sutton. As my, he's gonna be my wide receiver number one for this week. Ooh, Lions. Lions. Oh, okay. Gosh, I got a lot of good options here. Seriously, that's a good pick. There, I'm going the sun god Amon Ra. Okay, not a bad pick there at receiver. Chargers. Ooh. May have may have to go with Keenan Allen again, honestly. That's that was a good choice. I'll, I'll take Keenan Allen again. And oh, you got, got the, the Bills. Bills. Oh, give me Josh Allen. Oh. All right. Just need a tight end and O line. Okay. And I'm looking for my running back, tight end, and O line. Here Colts. Are the Colts. Okay, I'll take John Taylor. I'll take John Taylor here. Solid. Yeah, we're, we're getting some stacked teams this week. Yeah, this this we got some star-studded rosters now. Last we week here. we just had to work the kinks out. Steelers. <laughs> oh. Pittsburgh. Oh, give me that O line. They've been just balling recently. Good pick. Open up some huge holes for Brees Hall. And last Ravens. <sighs> I'll take the Ravens O line. Good choice, good choice. Now, who am I getting for tight end? 
Both of us are getting a tight end with our the last Jaguars, pick here. Evan Ingram, I, I can't even complain Ooh, about that. He's fastest tight season. end. Fastest tight end other than Kyle Pitts. He was the first to be the speedster from that spot. And who's my tight end here? The Lions. Okay, Laporta. Sam Laporta. All right. Let's quickly run through our teams so here. I'll let you go first, K-Man. What's, what's Team Caveman looking like? Team Caveman this week. We've got C.J. Stroud running the quarterback spot. At running back, I have John Taylor. First receiver is Cortland Sutton. we got Keenan Allen, wide receiver number two. Sam Laporta at tight end. Ravens O-line, Jets defense. That's nice. That's a solid squad, but is it enough to take down mine? Quarterbacks, I, I got Josh Allen. For running back, Brees Hall, wide receiver one, Sun God, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Wide receiver number two, DJ Moore. The offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Denver Broncos defense, and Evan Ingram at the tight end spot. Not a bad team at all. This is a, that a, is a tough one for people to decide on. This is going to be a tough week. Last week was kind of... It was a tough week just because we got such bad teams. This, last week was more of a battle of mid. This week is an all-star battle. So. Yeah, we got some stars now this show. It's not Justin Fields versus Bryce Young at the quarterback spot. So, Which uh, I don't even know. It's like a Thursday night football on prime type of game. Yeah. But <laughs> that, It literally was. Um, <laughs> but let us know whose team you guys think would win. We'll reveal the winners next week. But we'll get back to... The Pro Bowl. Our show today, the Pro Bowl, yeah. That talk about that. roster has recently dropped. If we want to quickly go over those, I have a few players that I would like to see on there once we go over each roster. We'll honestly, quickly read through them. This year wasn't as egregious with some bad picks, but we'll go. That's very true. It wasn't terrible. The AFC roster first. So for quarterbacks, we've got Tua as the starter, then Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Running backs, we've got Raheem Mostert, James Cook, and Derek Henry. Raheem Mostert got the starter position. Uh, Alec Engold as the fullback from the Dolphins. Wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper starting, then Keenan Allen and Jamar Chase. For the tight ends, Travis Kelsey starting, David Njoku behind them. Our tackles, Laramie Tunsil, Deion Dawkins, Teron Armstead. Guards, Quinn and Nelson, Joel, Joel Batonia, Joe Thune. Centers, Creed Humphrey, Tyler Lindenbaum. On the defensive side of the ball, defensive ends, we've got Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Trey Hendrickson. Interior linemen, Chris Jones, Quinn and Williams, Justin Matabike. Outside linebackers, TJ Watt, Khalil Mack, Josh Allen. No, not the quarterback. Remember, Josh <laughs> Allen. So the There's linebacker from Jacksonville. Although it would be really funny to see the quarterback, Josh Allen. Running linebacker. <laughs> He's a big dude. He can do it. Josh um, Allen's out the size. I digress. Inside linebackers, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. Cornerbacks, Pat Sertain. Sauce Gardner, Jalen Ramsey, Denzel Ward. Free safeties, Justin Simmons, Minka Fitzpatrick. Strong safety, just Kyle Hamilton. And then special teams, and a long snapper. I don't know if anybody's a big Ross uh, autistic fan. Uh, punter, A.J. Cole. Kicker, no surprise, Justin Tucker. 
and Marvin Mims is the return specialist. So came in. Uh, what do you think about that? I, before I let you go, uh, Ravens, man, both their interior linebackers making the Pro Bowl there. That's that is that's crazy. That's something to see. There is a few AFC names that I would like to see. First one being the second Josh Allen, the quarterback. Seeing him on there, you guys like John Taylor and even Brees Hall, honestly, or Josh Jacobs at the running back position. I feel like they're kind of stacked in the AFC right now in running back rooms. And even, you know, guys at tight end like Evan Ingram maybe could have had a shot, you know, despite the huge downfall that the Jaguars had from being eight and three and finishing nine and eight and missing the playoffs. Like they still had a pretty solid squad and they played pretty well. So, I mean, that's where I, that's what I'd like to see for the AFC. I think the defense picks were where were very well put together. And I do like what you brought up with the running back position, Derek Henry. I mean, he did have a lot of touchdowns, but it was really a down year for him. Like, I don't know how many of those were just one yard runs up the middle. Yeah. I mean, just as somebody who had them in fantasy football, I can tell you it was not the same. Yeah. The same Any, Derek Henry anyone with the see. Titans player on their fantasy team um, had a tough one. And then for the quarterback positions, Mahomes, I don't know about that one. Like, just to put it in perspective, so Mahomes, he had almost 4,200 passing yards. He was at 4,183. 27 touchdowns, total touchdowns. 14 interceptions, three fumbles lost. We had five total, so 17 turnovers. Then you take Josh Allen, 4,300 yards, 44 total touchdowns. That's rushing and passing. And 22 turnovers, which I know is a lot, but it's only five more more than Mahomes. Yeah. I would argue that Allen probably had a better season, was more deserving of it than him. That could also just be the Chiefs hater in me, being a Broncos fan. But, I mean, okay, he was a little careless with the football, but, man, did he I, He willed that team back into the, the two seed. So. Yeah, they're hot right you now. you got to give them some credit. And even then, other people at quarterback, you know, he could – if Denver didn't hate him, you could argue that Russell Wilson could be pro bowler. Actually, I was going to say, if Russell Wilson didn't get benched, probably he probably ends the year with better stats than Mahomes. Yeah. Going going into the season, his pass yards weren't there. He guy couldn't pass for 200 yards to, uh, to save his life. But he did have 26 touchdowns and just nine interceptions when he got benched. Yeah. So that's only one more than – and that's not even including his rushing touchdowns. I believe he had four on the ground. So I think so. Yeah. Two less games than Mahomes. Or I guess just one less Mahomes than play week eighteen. But now how's that uh, touchdowns? How's that NFC roster looking? Let me go fire up that NFC roster. Because we this don't want to miss pretty, out on these NBA stories we got yeah. next three. This one's really solid. I actually didn't have like I think they got the NFC pretty much perfect this year. Yeah, really only a few names that I could yeah. pick from the top of my head last uh, night. Scrolling down, quarterbacks, we've got Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford. I think those are the most consistent starters for their team in the year of the backup quarterback. Um, we go down the running backs, Christian McCaffrey, no surprise there. DeAndre Swift, Kyron Williams. Fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, obviously. Wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, which – he did start the year strong, but really he kind of faded towards the end. And then Mike Evans, 
Nampuka Nakua. What a story that guy has been. That's a solid pick. That's the one that deserves it the most. He is balling. Yeah, tight ends. We got George Kittle and Sam Laporta. Our tackles are Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, Penny Sewell. Guards, Zach Martin, Chris Linderstrom, Landon Dickerson. Centers, Jason Kelsey and Frank Ragnow. We flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. Nick Boza, Montez Sweat, Aiden Hutchinson. Interior linemen, we got Aaron Donald, Dexter Lawrence, and Javon Hargraves. Outside linebackers, Micah Parsons, Daniil Hunter, and Tassan Reddick. Inside linebackers, Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner. And then our cornerbacks, Deron Bland, Traverius Ward, Jalen Johnson, Devon Weatherspoon. Free safety, Jesse Bates. The lone bright spot on that Falcons defense. Strong safeties, Boo the Baker and Julian Love. Punter, Brian Anger, kicker, Brandon Aubrey, which and what that was that yeah, was an insane story. Definitely. Didn't miss a field goal until week 18. Didn't have like a true miss until week 18. He had like a kick or two blocked, but nothing. He didn't pull one until week 18. His lights out nearly. Kick return to Rashid Shahid. So I mean, on the, the NFC side of the ball, the only guy I really didn't agree with was DeAndre Swift. That's Just to, to pull up some other guys. So Swift, all right, he had 1,263 scrimmage yards, so 1,263 yards from scrimmage, six total touchdowns. But you take a guy like uh, James Conner, uh, 1,200 scrimmage yards, nine total touchdowns. David Montgomery, 11, uh, 1,130 scrimmage yards, 13 total touchdowns. Rashad White, 1,500 uh, scrimmage yards, nine total touchdowns. I just wasn't like Swift had a terrible year. I do believe that those guys, though, they were all a little bit more deserving. I think they were a bit more impactful for their team than he was. But that was really, I think, the, the defensive side of the ball. They did a great job there, and yeah, oh, yeah. about everywhere else, picked the, the best possible players at their position. But what do you think about those NFC rosters? Just a couple names off the top of my head that you know you might want to see on there. Defensive side, Brian Burns, pass rusher. I mean, Carolina didn't do well, but he's one of their best on the defensive end, and their defense really isn't terrible. Chris Olave as a Saints guy, maybe even Jawan Johnson. He was one of Derek Carr's like favorite targets this season. And, you know, Kyle Pitts, he was kind of on a down season because the Falcons really didn't utilize their star power too much. But he's a guy that's really talented. You know, maybe a dude like Jared Goff at quarterback. But I would say another guy that the quarterbacks in there right now are very consistent in the NFC. So I think the NFC kind of was spot on there despite missing my Saints, guys. That's pretty spot on. Absolutely. I'm just happy to see. Couple of my Broncos made it. Yeah, not it's pretty good. And I got Shahid at kick returner. Maybe he'll take one to the crib. You never know. Absolutely, absolutely. But moving on to a little NBA talk. Uh, oh yeah. Well, started off with Draymond Green coming Draymond. back from suspension. All right. I mean, I looked it up. I thought it was five suspensions since the Jordan Poole fight, but it's actually four suspensions since then. Still and that great. was still still not great. Only one less than I had originally thought, but I don't know. It's just not that same type of like 
he's always been a pest his career just kind of like his thing he's like the guy that will get in your head and then just pop out and have like a pretty decent output for his team as well while he's talking trash but like just the situations that have happened that's that's not pest like that is just like i don't know yeah. it's weird it's weird oh. especially with nine points five rebounds five assists off 25 minutes per game this season I mean, he's not really having a, that big of an impact for 25 minutes a game, especially with getting suspended three times this season, four this, times. This last one was bad, man. He put Gobert in the headlock. <laughs> no, the, the last one was actually when he turned around and slapped Yusuf Nurkic in the face oh, when they were oh, playing yeah. the Suns. Oh, and it God. honestly was like, it was kind of a flop. He didn't really hit him that hard. But at the oh. same time, why are you turning around and just flipping? Yeah your arms at another player like that it's just i don't know i used just, just i used to think go, draymond green hate was a little too over the top but i don't know sometimes you just don't help yourself out yeah. sometimes I just feel every time you hear about the guy he's getting in the in the trouble and it's yeah you know, i i get it you want that guy that's kind of the enforcer on your team that can throw the the best player off of his game and he used to be great at that man yeah, and he could still he could like nobody's doubting his ability as a defender. He's still one of the best defenders in the league, hands down. But and he also used to be able to go out there and just shock you and like yeah, throw throw up some points. Or you know he had that triple double in the playoffs that one year. And, and people always forget that he's really good on the defensive end, despite being pretty undersized. Yeah, at his uh, he can go out there and guard the center if you really needed him to. Yeah. And with that being said, there's also a few rumors going around that Steve Kerr is losing the locker room. Yeah, I first heard about that from you on Monday, so I'll let you continue on it a little bit here. With uh, Jonathan Kaminga, after that loss to the Nuggets, he was very upset that he was on the bench for the end of that game, and basically just came out and said in like his post game interview that he's lost faith in Steve Kerr. Wow. And that's just a wild thing to say, and then go back to to practice there the next day. And it's you, you've seen it with the Warriors have had some problems blowing leads. I mean, they blew a huge one to the Nuggets when and then Kaminga got upset, obviously, and he was having a good game. Like, yeah, it was a, a good as night a Nuggets for him. fan. I was like, well, hey, thank you for keeping Jonathan Kaminga off the floor because yeah, he was being he was impactful. Hot. He was real on both ends, night. honestly. And then you look at the two games they had after that. Uh, granted, this was a back-to-back, but they got to stay home for it. But they barely eked out a win against the Pistons, like by four points. And then they lost to the Raptors by 15. And Toronto has had their struggles this year. And you know they're they're having a, they're having a difficult season for them. It's kind of a down year for them. So I just with the talent that's on that Warriors roster, they probably I feel like they should have handled like won both of those games handily. But definitely what are your what are I your agree. thoughts on this the situation? I mean, Steve Kerr's a great coach in the end of the day. So I feel like this is a team that shouldn't be slept on too hard. But it has looked like a circus recently in Golden State. Just like this season's kind of been off and on for them. And they're Stars are starting to hit that point where 
the age factor is going to come into play veteran Clay Thompson. Their output's still exactly the same. They're both still lights out shooters, but it's going to come a time where, you know, it's kind of like they aren't going to be able to carry the whole weight of the team by themselves. You know, it'll come down to them playing very well until those big moments where all five players on the quarter needed. So it's still a team not to be slept on though. That's a tough squad. It's it's a new era in the NBA, man. You look LeBron, Steph, KD, they're all right now in the West, they're all kind of battling for those last two playing playing spots. You know, they're not even yeah, not even comfortably in the postseason. And I'd be, you know, I'd be on Twitter a lot on the NBA side of it. And so I just see it's like Warriors and Lakers fans switching off, making fun of each other because you go, you go to the standings on the NBA yeah. website, and you got to accept cookies to see the eleventh team, who's in the eleventh seed. And so it's they're just they keep flip flopping there. Oh, so that's that's really funny. You know, a team who has a rising star, maybe the new face of the NBA, Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic. And he's oh, just out. He's just out here trolling, man. Let's. I want to go back idea. to his. His four points, seven rebounds, 16 assists, five blocks, and then a plus minus of plus 16 out there on the court. Yeah. It's the first player in NBA history to ever record five plus rebounds, assists, or five plus rebounds and blocks and 15 plus assists <laughs> and score less than five points. It's like he just took an off night or something, or just like a rest night against a struggling team with the Pistons. Jamal Murray, on the other hand, nearly had 40 points that night. He was 14 for 24. Absolutely balled out of his mind. So he just kind of spent the whole night dishing it. Probably looked a little tired, too. You know, stretching as he goes down on the fast break. But that's just Jokic. I think this really just goes to show just how little he cares about personal accolades because there's another center in the league, and I won't say who, who <laughs> would go out against the Pistons and try to drop 40, 45, 50 on him, you know? A 40-point quintuple double him. or something. And then, you know, then they have to go play a team above 500 and decide, yeah, you got to go take the night off, rest up, <laughs> yeah. heal my body, because I really put it all on the line against the Detroit Pistons. But Jokic, he's like, all right, I'm going to go out here. I'm only going to shoot the ball three times. I'm just going to get it to my teammates. I'm going to let them have fun, let them score. Hey, let let Jamal Murray, you know, have himself a, a night, you because know, he was coming off a game where it was a it's a tough game for Jamal. So he, you know, let, let him get his confidence back up there, and really just torch it, torch the team up, get some of his, his younger teammates involved. You know, he's he's not going to overexert himself against the lottery team. He wants to. He wants to win the big games, the ones that are important, and you help build his teammates up. Speaking so. of the Nuggets, returning champion Bruce Brown is coming to get his ring. Oh, I'm excited for that one. That's a Sunday. That's exciting news for him. Every team needs a guy like Bruce Brown. His Pacers, man, they have been on fire this year. That's Tyrese, a young squad. Tyrese that Halliburton I like to watch special. right there. Halliburton had a game this season where he recorded 28 assists. Let's get that out there, people. Twenty-eight assists is an crazy is a crazy number. That's too off from an NBA record, actually. Yeah, that's no, crazy. Yes. Game. And we also had a story. Giannis was getting a little upset with some equipment managers. 
first thing I do want to say about that is, you know, valid criticism because, you know, people tell athletes and all other sports players how to do their job all the time. So, you know, you know, give them, give them a shot at it. Why not? I will say, I don't really, I'm not sure if this was just coincidental or maybe the, the Bucks social media manager hadn't been following his own team's news or something, but then they, they like two days after Giannis makes that comment, they have a game and they post a picture of Giannis's jersey pregame and his locker with the caption extra clean. I'm like, are you guys trolling the player? I the Jazz trolled them because they won a game and they posted a picture of their senior equipment manager holding two basketballs, giving the thumbs oh up. Oh my god. <laughs> oh so, man. Um, maybe the Bucks are like, oh, we got to hop on this. I don't care if it's our guy that said that. That's that's honestly hilarious. I didn't know that they had been posting all um, that stuff with it. One more NBA story before we get to awfully opinionated. The Raptors head coach, Darko, uh, after their loss, their one-point loss to the Lakers last night, went off about the officiating because in the fourth quarter, the Lakers shot 23 free throws to his team's two. And it's a real problem. I, I believe that the Lakers, they get an insane amount of free throw calls. I mean, that's just insane Yeah, down the stretch. I get it. They got the the big star like LeBron. They got Anthony Davis. They're in a huge market. So you, it happens in sports, but it, it's just way like I don't like the Celtics also up there with their seventeen rings. And I don't even think the Celtics give it that that good. Not as good as That's the Lakers true. do. That's true. Like, and I just think it's some weird officiating we've seen throughout all kinds of sports. It's yeah. Like, that's got to find that middle ground, man. Refs have been terrible, but just to bring it back to the Lakers for one second. So the, the NBA referees, they have social media accounts too. The oh, only God. time they have ever issued a public apology for a missed call on their social media account was last year when there was a missed shooting foul call on LeBron James. Oh my Against goodness. the Celtics, of a course. game that went to overtime and the Lakers lost. The oh, only time there's they've ever issued a public apology. So I do with that information what you will, but it's true. I think it's time Brings we up get a valid point to our next segment. Unless you had anything else you wanted to add on to that before we go to awfully opinionated. I think that about wraps it up. So we will head into our next segment. Awfully opinionated. We're going to be debating about the MVP this NFL season. Awfully opinionated NFL MVP. I just had to stick true with the winner. The award winners did get released just a few days ago. Lamar Jackson did, in fact, win the MVP. In uh, my defense, I, he's just the betting odds for it right now. They actually oh, okay. until the week before the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, and I my vote here is going to be Lamar Jackson. But Mercury, who is your who's your case here right. on who should be the MVP this year? Hey, Lamar's had a great season, but I I think it's time we we get away from quarterbacks. Give it to a guy like Tyree Kill or Christian McCaffrey. I'm 
I'll make a case for either for both of those guys, but I'll let you go first. Make your case for Lamar. Say my case for Lamar is just their team. Nobody's talking about the top teams right now. The Ravens and the 49ers are not the teams that people are talking about at all. It's just weird how like the number one seed in each division can fly under the radar unless you're like really a fan of that team. Cause I I haven't heard anything really about either of them. And they're two of the best teams right now, most consistent. It's just like this season alone, Lamar Jackson has looked far greater than his original MVP season just because of how he's leading the Ravens right now. They started off shaky and they completely turned it around and he's had to deal with his injuries as well. So good comeback from him. So that's why I'm sticking with Lamar. He has been counted out too much despite winning the MVP. He gets counted out a lot. And to his credit, it's not like the the Ravens have an insane wide receiver room like some MVP candidates. But he only has 29 total touchdowns this year, which is a lot less than he did in his his 2019 MVP season. We had well over 40. I'll talk about Christian McCaffrey first. He's over 2,000 all-purpose yards and 21 total touchdowns. Just eight shy of Lamar. And that's as a running back. That's an insane mm-hmm. number. And he's just an all-around asset, which makes it tough to not pick him, honestly. Yeah, he, and he impacts. He's so impactful for his team in both the rushing and passing game. And he's also he's a great blocker. He's just a really do-it-all type of guy. You know, MVP, most valuable person. Yeah, seriously. For um, for his team because he stepped up for Brock Purdy, bought the O line Christmas gift since Brock's not making a ton of money this year. He's like honestly after taxes and paying his agent and everything, he's only going to make like three hundred and sixty thousand, which for NFL quarterback is drastically number one, low number. Yeah, yeah, on the the number one seed in his respective conference is very low. What? So Christian, I didn't know that. Yeah, Christian stepped up, helped out, got the alliance some Christmas gifts, and then he's just been all over the place for the Niners, man. He, he's pretty much a guarantee for one. He had that long touchdown streak that did get snapped this year, but how many games where it's like it's two or three that he had? He's just when they get in the red zone, he finds a way to get the ball into the end zone. And then on the other side of the spectrum. Tyreek Hill is has just been a force of nature. He would do some injuries and stuff, kind of slowed down and wasn't able to break the record this year, but still one of the best receiving seasons in NFL history. It's definitely top 10 for sure. Yeah, that is it's putting up insane right. numbers. I mean, he's got that terrifying speed that makes it just terrifying for, for defenses that and it really opens up everything for the offense, like for Miami, like him being out there on the field, they have to honor the deep ball. And even still, they, they can't stop it. He's just very smart manipulating the zones and giving Tua some of the throw. And you see like when Tua struggles, when Tyreek's not out there. Yeah. And, and you could say, you could argue, you know, as a receiver, a player has to throw you the ball, but you still have to get yourself open. There's a lot of times you'll see a quarterback will throw a guy open, 
but that's usually when the play is breaking down. It's so like if you can get yourself open while your quarterback is still in the pocket and has time, then you're just a valuable asset to the team. And you watch how he plays. So, I mean, they're always double teaming. There's always a cornerback with safety help over the top, but he's very, he's a very smart football player. The dolphins love this little inside post where they, they hit the defense in between the second and third level. So he goes right up over the running backs, but cuts that route short just before the safeties. And so that's, you see if the cornerbacks playing him with outside leverage and they got a deep safety, he comes up, boom, cuts it to the inside and to a great anticipation and timing fires that ball in there. And so gets there before the safeties can come down to stop it. Linebackers are too far up to be able to do anything. Big play keeps the drive moving. Or the quarterback's playing inside leverage. So here's what he does. He just pops it to the outside after he gets past the quarterback before that safety can come across the field. Or they line him up in the slot. And he's just very smart about knowing which way he can, which way if he has to go inside or outside to shake off off that corner and safety and split those two guys for those deep ball touchdowns. So incredibly smart player and all the motion that they have him run. It's he, he's, he's the reason the Miami field. is that explosive. He's all over the field. He just creates misdirections because he's not the only fast receiver on that team with Jalen Waddle. That's a quick, quick receiving core to try and defend. You know, if you have a secondary that's easily broken down by that type of receiver, you're going to have a tough day against Miami. But I would say to continue to argue for Lamar and have his back, you know, he's the one that is doing the Tyreek Hill level stuff where he's going to create that play for his offense. And once the play breaks down, the one person, one quarterback this season that I'd want in the pocket is probably Lamar Jackson. Just the way that he escapes and is able to create plays or drop back like left-handed before he makes a right-handed throw down field like he did against the Dolphins a few weeks ago. He dropped back left-handed and just swung his shoulders and lasers one down like 40 yards to uh, Flowers downfield. It turned into a touchdown after he caught that ball. It's just the way he's able to make plays is just second to none. Uh, he is a very impressive player. Well, why don't you let us guys know what you think. Uh, type in the chat, hey, we Lamar for MVP, CMC for MVP, or Ty Hill for MVP. Let us know what you think. We want to hear from you. Uh, you can also text or call in. What's our number again? Our number is 720-619-0627. All right. Text and call line is open, by the way, everybody. Yeah. If you want, want to speak with us, give your thoughts. We would love to hear it. But well, I'll remember that eventually. And that will be the end of an awfully opinionated we're gonna head into a quick music break and after that we've got a little bit more talk about the draft order oh Dak prescott and, or cd lamb for mvp all right you know that's a good you know before we head into our break we could that's, answer that i uh i, I know her she's, she's my girlfriend she's a cowboys fan you know Dak. Dak could be up there but i'm a certified cowboys hater so I'm good. I'm good at playing devil's advocate here. I'm good. I'm good. CD Lamb has had a really impressive season. I do think Tyree Kill edges him out just slightly, but just a little bit. I say if you want to pick the second best receiver, 
who's had the second best season behind Tyree Kill. I'd go with CD Lamb. He's been incredible. Okay. And like I, I know we a lot of people that aren't Cowboys fans like to hate on the Cowboys, but they're, you got to feel. I've, they're great. I actually like Dak Prescott. He's a great guy. They're I think he had a few like down games towards the end of the season though that really hurt his case. Definitely, but, yeah. I do think he has more touchdowns than Lamar this year. So, yeah, just food for thought. It's true, food for thought. True. But hey, let us know. Let us know what you let think. Us know. We're gonna go to a quick break, break there, real quick. Stay with us. Draft order when we come back, though, everybody. What makes LTD unique in the history of tactical? No CEO has ever. What makes LTD unique in the history of tactical? No CEO has ever been through what I've been through with tyranny. I've been catching thrills, won't you please forgive me? And I've been mixing pills with some weed and whiskey. I hope I don't see some blue lights crossing more than yellow lines. Maybe one day they're gonna get me. I've been losing sleep just to chase the wrong one. And we've been doing things that we won't speak on. I ain't gonna deny it, no reason to hide it. about that time now to talk about the draft order i'll quickly get through i'm just going to read off the top 15 picks and i think we'll just go through the top 10 because mercury came up with the mock draft so we'll go through and we'll see where we think and who will who land where so with the first pick Courtesy of Carolina, the Chicago Bears with the number one pick, followed by the Washington Commanders, the Patriots, Cardinals, Chargers, Giants, Titans, Falcons, and the Bears again. And then the 10th pick will be the Jets. And the next five, we got Vikings, Denver, Las Vegas, and New Orleans, and the Colts. How's your mock draft look? Because I am honestly kind of undecided on where I think they'll go, honestly. Yeah, so I was looking through several, and I think this one probably makes the most sense after doing some of my own research, too. And I only went up to 10 because I think right now these are the teams that have, like, the bit, like, that these 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 mock picks are going to change very little because they do need these needs hugely. A lot of these other teams, we got to see what free agency is going to hold for them and what they're able to pull off there. And I think that'll that might change a lot of the draft strategies. But going to my mock quick, so okay. Honestly, just because I could see Washington doing this because that organization has been very mismanaged. They might stay at the two, but I could see them trying to trade up with Chicago 
and just swap picks to get to the one to go take Caleb Williams. I think with all the hype around him, it's still going to be very hard for Caleb Williams to not go number one overall. People are very bullish on him, and he is a great talent, and I think he can still secure that number one pick. So Chicago, they'll trade down. No big deal. They don't need the quarterback. I think they feel good with Justin Fields. So who do they take? Marvin Harrison Jr., right? I mean, insane speed. He's the son of an NFL legend. Incredibly smart football player. Very talented. Great hands. I mean, just... And Chicago has had some absolutely like insane drops over the years. There's a very... There's a long, long highlight reel of just Bears drops over the yeah, years. It's not. So I get another sure-handed guy in there with DJ Moore, and that could be a offense to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah. Moore and Harrison got fields out there with a threat to run. Cole Komet had a great year. So look for the, the Bears to do that. Then we go to New England. Depending on who the head coach is, probably won't be Belichick. I see them going for either like a Drake May or a Jaden Daniels. Uh, you know, Heisman winner, Jaden Daniels, incredibly athletic. We got a toll free number calling us in on the iPad. Right, right there. Oh, is that is that the MBR number here? Let's see, it is it is an eight hundred number. Let's see, maybe we got a caller. <laughs> It was on the iPad though, so I, it may have been like a those. It wasn't on the, like the. Oh, we do have a Oh, perfect. Yeah, there we go. Oh. Spam call. Yeah. First <laughs> caller was a spam caller. We got a caller though. Somebody call in. Well, usually the thing pops up, right? Yeah, usually pops up on the yeah. computer too. Right, so maybe our computer they they knew. They're they they're sneaking in on us. Somehow. Maybe they thought they were calling Lisa. I know they was calling the show. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't be using our numbers to sign up for subscription. With <laughs> somebody, all these bizarres, their marketing places. Hey, just put their phone number down on those cards, yeah. you know? Give them yeah. their email. Yeah, exactly. A, you you can register for the prize, okay? You just have to put their email in there. You know, yeah. there's oh, a man. bunch of people I know that are looking on Zillow for some places out of the state. So, <laughs> All right. Let's get back, back to our mock draft. So, yeah, New England, uh, Drake May and Jaden Daniels, they need a quarterback first and foremost. Zappy was all right. I mean, Mac Jones was like a, probably going to be selling Kia's next year. Who knows? Honestly, you never know. Yeah, he was the closest thing to a regular guy playing football for sure. Now we move on to the Cardinals. I'm gonna probably butcher his name. I should have wrote down the pronunciation, but we're gonna go. We're gonna just go for it. Aluyan Yawan Fasanu from Penn State. Oh yeah, that's a really good yes. offensive lineman in the draft. Yeah, he's all another one of those top prospects, and you need to get somebody to protect Kyler. That offense looked like. They really found something there down the stretch. Not a great season for the Cardinals, but and going to Philly, they beat them. And James Conner was running the football really well. This uh, Michael Wilson, the emergence of that guy, got Marquise Brown. 
Their defense is pretty solid. You still got Boo the Baker out there. So I think big thing, hey, let's get somebody to help protect Kyler Murray and then go for some, some more defensive pieces later. But they're, the Cardinals are looking good. So we go over to L.A. This is where I think Joe Olt's going to go. Guard out of Notre Dame. Herbert kind of got her ass this year. So I think you gotta, you gotta protect him. He's your franchise quarterback. Oh, oh, as you mentioned earlier in the show, only gave up three sacks. So you gotta go for a guy like this. The Giants, they're they're in a pretty interesting spot. So I could really see them going for Jaden Daniels or Drake May, whichever one of those the the Patriots don't take, or maybe even Penix Jr. I don't know if they want that decision. I don't know if they want to stick with Daniel Jones or they go for uh, Latham, Alabama, JC Latham. Cause that offensive line for the giants was very bad last year. And so maybe they did pay Daniel Jones a lot of money. Maybe they, they want to stick with him and just try to protect him better. So the giants, they've, they've really got a lot of possibilities there at that sixth spot. They really do. The Titans, I think if the Giants don't take Latham, they'll probably take him, get a solid offensive lineman to protect your young quarterback and Will Levis, who I believe they want to go, they want to stick with going forward. Or if Latham's not available, then this is where you might see, and he's got one of the best names in the draft, Kool-Aid McKinstry, quarterback from Alabama. Go get some help on that defensive side of the ball. And just shore up that defense for the Titans. For the Falcons, they could pro- probably go for whichever one of the QBs of Daniels, May, or Penix is left on the board. Bo Nix as well. If they don't go for him, this, there's a little tackle out of Oregon. Well, I shouldn't say little. He's actually a big dude. Uh, Tali- uh, Funga, offensive lineman out there. Maybe they want to stick with Desmond Ritter or Heineke, or maybe they're going to try to go for a veteran QB and give them some protection Protection out there. They got playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. I could also see them going for a guy like Kool-Aid because besides Jesse Bates and A.J. Terrell, that, that defense could probably use some work. That's so good. That's a good point. Those, well, are, those are the big there's I expect the Falcons to target with their second, their their first round pick. The Bears, all right, you already went out, you got Marvison Harrison. What do you want to do next? Gonna go for a guy like Dallas Turner, defensive edge rusher from Bama. Pair him up there with Montez Sweat and just have a, a dangerous one-two punch with those guys and be able to really pressure the quarterback and be disruptive that way. And then we get to the New York Jets. I believe they will take Adam Malik Neighbors from USU or Roma Duze from Washington. Get another good receiver to pair up with Garrett Wilson because they just, that offense just had a tough time. And I think another big playmaker to go with Wilson and Hall on that side of the ball could make a huge difference. Or Brock Bowers to sure up that tight end position and give a, a big safety blanket for whoever's playing quarterback, probably Aaron Rodgers next year. 
over the middle of the field and just add a little element of explosiveness to that offense. But that's my mock top 10. Obviously, that's subject to change as we get closer and closer to the draft. But let us know what you think. Yeah, drop that you know, down below. Give us your own mock dress if you want. To finish it off before we get into branching out, good, bad, or so-so about missing the playoffs, we can start off with the teams that should feel kind of bad about missing. The Patriots, they're kind of is not able to find that spark without Tom Brady right now. It's kind of unfortunate, but that's the case that you know rests in new england right now they haven't found their fish yet not yet not yet and you know we got the jags on there started off eight and three this season one of the looked like they could have been one of the hottest teams going into the postseason and they finished nine and eight lost the last game of the season to another team that should kind of feel bad about missing well i'd say it's so so they kind of it's kind of expected for the titans but the jaguars missed the playoffs or could have won the division all they had to do is win the game that's got to be real concerning that was a huge late season collapse next on our list is denver they're kind of missing a qb right now from the way it looks to me uh i don't know if stidham can be that guy i was messing around on the morning show not too long ago and saying that uh we <laughs> that Stidham might be the next Brady, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't really matter because yeah, we'll probably get another. And with Russell Wilson's contract, I know they tried to minimize the cap hit, but you're kind of just it's still a huge there. hit. Yeah, like it's it's really going to hinder you in free agency. At least they have a first round pick there, so maybe they can strike some gold Next, in the draft. Panthers and Chargers. Panthers, I would say they had higher hopes of doing this bad if they had a top pick, but they kind of are waiting until after those lottery guys in the draft this season yeah. to even get some new pieces for themselves. They're going to have to be really well in free agency. And it defensively, they weren't terrible. They don't have a ton of work to do there, but the offensive side of the ball, I mean, Bryce Young, just a brutal year for him. He was the most sacked quarterback in the league. And he just didn't really have like a, a number one guy there on offense that he could reliably find. And so they, they just got stomped most games. And the Chargers, in my opinion, the Chargers kind of had an underperforming season. They did have a lot of injuries, but even before they kind of started to fall out of the pack with the injury stuff, they're already kind of underperforming. I feel like, they have a lot of stars on that team, offense and defense. Like they could have, feel like the first half of the yeah. season could have been a lot stronger well, in LA. Especially they were a playoff team last year. They didn't yeah. really lose anybody majorly. So just to all of a sudden go f- uh, five and 12. And be a top five pick yes. in the next draft. Yeah. The difference a year makes. Good teams. You got New Orleans. They ended up getting themselves the 14 pick in the draft. And they finished the 10 seed in the NFC. Two spots out of the playoffs. They finished out pretty strong, and their offense kind of found their feet towards the end. But that tiebreaker against the Packers kind of hurt us there in the end. And that loss to the Rams killed us. It was our first half-season struggles that really did it for the Saints. Yeah, they really started to get it there together at the end. Like 
first the defensive side of the ball they were very stifling that way and that defense really they're killing it at the beginning yeah. they just couldn't score points it's very disappointing but that last game against the falcons 48 i mean that was an offensive surgeons oh, yeah. Derek carr with four touchdowns i mean he was he was lighting it up so that's the team if they can find they a way to, to win the division if they can find a way to build on that yeah they could be right back in the in the hunt maybe in the playoffs next year got the bears feel like they ended off the season pretty strong compared to what they you know started with you know, know they everybody was saying that they didn't have a quarterback that their whole entire team's hopes were down the drain at the beginning of the season they really Really didn't do that bad, but finishing with a seven and ten record, and then because of your your offseason moves, that trade with Carolina having pick. two top ten picks, decent record, number one pick, you get two top ten. That's a great and way to. Start. I know they had some struggles against the Packers, but you know, a few games leading up to that, the offense was looking good, and Justin Fields was making some incredible plays with that athleticism. So they've. You, if you can build off of that momentum you had picked, you picked up towards the end of the season, they could be a very good team next year. And quickly, we'll run through a couple of our teams that should kind of feel so so about it. The Vikings, they had a couple in, they didn't really have a bad season. They finished seven and ten. They could have made the playoffs as well with just a couple more of those close losses they had, and. Atlanta, they fired their coach now, so I feel like it's going to be a lot different story in Atlanta with B. John Robinson. We might even see Desmond Ritter kind of ex- explode and blossom because the first half against the Saints, he was was perfect passer rating. He had no incompletions the first half against the Saints, and then their offense just kind of sputtered away. But it. You know, B. John Robinson gets taken out of the game, being utilized right with a new coach finishing 7 10 despite their downfalls. I feel like they're in a pretty decent spot. And we've also got the Giants, and they have a pretty decent pick, and they, they kind of turned it around as well. They got some DeVito magic, kind of sparked some hope in Giants fans yeah. this season. You know, well, they went a few games without even scoring. When he got hurt, Tyrod Taylor, he looked really good in those final two weeks of the season. He was, I think he had 300 yards in both those games, some big runs. So who who knows what the Giants are going to do QB-wise next season. They have a lot to decide on, but and Saquon, is he still going to be there? So really how they manage this this offseason is going to be a a big determining factor in what they do because they're one of those teams where really it could go either way. And you just you just don't know. There are teams where it's like, okay, well they're they're in some trouble or they're in a good spot and they're they're just like, oh man, just one or two bad moves are good moves and they yeah. can just go so drastically either way. And with that, that is going to kind of wrap up our teams for the playoffs here. We're gonna go into one last music break and then we're gonna finish our show off with the with our first segments of branching out and ringside chats. We'll be right back. Stay with us until the end of this music break, and we'll finish off the show for you guys. Which one of you guys want me to hit? Uh, just any of the songs, really. Oh, uh, okay. Well. 
Stay, stay with us. What makes LTD unique in the history of tactical? No CEO has ever been through what I've been through with Tierney. I've been catching thrills, won't you please forgive me? And I've been mixing pills with some weed and whiskey. I hope I don't see some blue lights crossing more than yellow lines. Maybe one day they're gonna get me. I've been losing sleep just to chase the wrong one. And we've been doing things that we won't speak on. I ain't gonna deny it, no reason to hide it. Say what Back on now, everyone. This is going to be our segment with Mercury here. Branching out. He, he's got a pretty cool story with us. Got a video for you. We're getting loaded up right now, but I'll just give you a little, little context. It's the uh, it's a video of Katie Ledecky. She's swimming with a glass of chocolate milk on her head. So, yeah, pretty, yeah, that's, pretty that's insane sick. video there. Um, how you're able to to keep your head straight enough while also doing those breaststroke movements is something else. So, if uh, that's what Olympic training does, so she she's ready to go. And I did want to talk a little bit about the Olympics. We're into the year 2024. We got the Summer Games coming up. So it's pretty exciting. I mean, uh, we got Team USA has definitely got some big names like Noah Lyles. We got our, our basketball team could be pretty insane. I know we're chasing gold this year. And we're, all, we're always competitive in soccer, that too. We got a lot of great track and field athletes, incredible swimming team. I mean, we got Ledecky there. Uh, that doesn't prove it. Then. Yeah, I don't know what you're watching. Uh, I think Phelps retired, but we, I still we got some amazing swimmers. So we actually found 
from uh, the Nielsen Greystone, they released the virtual metal table forecast, which they take some data from key global and continental competitions since the 2021 Summer Games, and now they have like projected medals for for each company. So I got the top ten here, and so we'll go we'll go in order from number ten to number one. So coming in at number ten, they're predicting Canada to have 23 medals all in total. That's gold, silver, and bronze. Okay. That would be just one short from what they had in Tokyo in 2020. Ooh. So they're predicting just a slight drop there for Canada, but still pretty solid. Top 10, top 10 on the forecast. And again, this is all just forecasting. So won't know until we get to the games, which I'm, I'm hyped for. I'm excited. Takes the... Yeah. So number nine, we've got Germany. They have 37. That's what they're predicting for Germany. And kind of ironic that the country Germany is coming at number nine on this list. Um, that would be that would match their total from the 2020 Olympics with 37 medals. And then just ahead of them at number eight is the Netherlands. They're projected to have 38 medals, two more than they did in 2020 at 36. Then we got number seven, Italy. They're projected to win 48, which is a big jump from the 40 they won in 2020 at number six we got australia they're projected they'll go win 50 medals a lot of those and their swim swim meets they're like team USA they got a really good swim team uh, that would be four more than that they had won in 2020 and then this is the team with the biggest jump on this list and that's the host nation of france Obviously, the game is being played in Paris this year. France is projected to win 54 medals. That's 21 more than they won in 2020 when they only had 33 at Tokyo. Oh, dang. So, uh, you know, maybe they just got that much better, or maybe they're pre- predicting a little bit, some some favoritism. Who knows, though? <laughs> yeah. You never know. Uh, maybe that's the idea. Just get that host, host nation whistle. It could be the host nations like the Lakers of the Olympics. <laughs> uh, so we go to number four now. That's going to be Japan. They're predicted to match the total they had when they hosted the Olympics back in Tokyo four years ago. They're predicted to have 58. So still a really, really good number there. And then we got Great Britain coming in at number three. They'll eclipse their 2020 total by one medal with 65 is what they're projected to have this Ooh, year okay then we got china who is at number two but actually is predicted to have a drop off in medals they're forecasted for 78 medals when they had 89 in the 2020 games and then we come up to number one it's old glory herself the united states of america forecast to have 126 medals this year so leaps ahead of number two so i'm certainly hoping that this is true this would be a big jump from their 2020 count they had, we had 113 which is still huge back in 2020 but 126 so right now 
the data is telling us this could be a dominant United States Olympics. But we won't know until we get to July. They'll be running from July 21st to August 8th, I believe. But it's it's going to be thrilling. I'm definitely all there for the basketball yeah, that's game. I remember we lost the FIBA World Cup. It was uh, Dylan Brooks dropped 40 on this country, and LeBron James said, no, nah, I can't have this. going to put together the Avengers for the Olympics. But still going to be an incredibly competitive basketball tournament just with how big international players have gotten. Obviously, track and field, there's so many exceptional athletes all over the world. So it's going to be excited. Uh, let us know. What are you guys most excited for so about the Olympics? You're telling me that LeBron James, he wants a dream team, so he's made a name, a, a gender. Man, this guy just wants to fall in the tilt of uh, Jordan, huh? Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, we he already did. We, we, you know, we went through the Space Jam. You know, so most of us stomached the Space Jam. Oh, the second, the second Space one. Jam was t- terrible. Oh my God! Can't it was hold terrible. a candle to the, the first one. I mean, the movie that I hated was um, what is John Green's movie? Uh, what is it? No, it's not does John it, Green either. Does that also they, have LeBron in it? No, but it, it was like. Uh, it was a movie, and I, I don't know why I brought it up because I can't remember the name of it. So sorry. Uh, you're all good. This is why uh, I rem- this is why I'm usually muted. Before <laughs> uh, Cedric gets to his ringside chats, yeah, guys, let us know uh, what what your Olympic events you're most excited for. Uh, call in, text us, leave some comments, uh, and when I do branch out again, I can I can dive deeper into specific events if you guys would like. So just let us know. Uh, but we're here. That's gonna send us into first episode and first episode where we get to add both little solo parts here. This is gonna be ringside chats, talking about some WWE right now. I uh, will come back next week with some more combat sports news. Right now, it's kind of been dry, but I'm flashing us back to day one Raw. We started off with the opening match of Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch. Honestly, Nia Jax is really underrated heel. And their rivalry, story-wise, is pretty underrated because it's a flashback to uh, 2018. Is this where I play this intro of the ringside chats? Uh, not yet. Okay. And then we got her blossoming as a heel. It's kind of a flashback to 2018. Their matches have been pretty action-packed. And in my opinion, I think Nia should probably win the feud. But that brings us on to the next match, which was a promo with R-Truth and Miz. I think Miz is at the top of his game right now. No matter what your opinions are on Miz, like the feud against Gunter really just proved it. And that, like, it just makes him, he makes mid card stuff, main event talent every week that he's on it. We also had Rhea Ripley versus Ivy Nile. I think Ivy is an amazing young talent in the women's division. The women's division has a lot of heavy hitters right now, say it's like superstar talent people that could you know hold the belt so it's good for the women's division it's like they're actually being taken seriously for once it's very good i think that her feuding with rhea ripley is gonna massively push her to it's gonna put her way over with the fans just because of how talented rhea is 
She kind of has the ability to make any any baby face look like a star. She's such a good heel. We got another great match with our truth and the judgment day are just hilarious right now. JD McDonough versus our truth. I like our truth. He's hilarious. He man. is. He's really good right it's now. It's almost like I don't think anybody could be that stupid. He plays really good, stupid. Yes. Yeah. Good. But that brings me to a prediction for the judgment day. I kind of have a big feeling right now that Damian Priest is going to lose that money in the bank cash in. And I think it's going to lead to the judgment day kind of kicking him out because I feel like they're going to lose their gold and it's kind of going to cause like a fall of the judgment day in a way, but it's going to lead to a big solo push for Damian priest that I think he actually really deserves just because he put on a, put on a, on nearly a five star match with bad bunny. He got there with a music artist what? and both of them put on a show. Uh, the rapper Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny was, had he a was WWE a w- match in, in Puerto Rico as well. So oh. this crowd was absolutely off the charts. It was insane. Oh, it, that's that's actually sick. What? I'm gonna have to show you some clips from that match after because it was absolutely insane. Just Bad Bunny proved that he's got some athletic talent in him. Like that was it. It was crazy. Two of them put on a show at uh, Backlash. So that kind of ends it off from the day one Raw predictions that I have. The Rock return was all right. He cuts good promos, but I feel like he could have done something way better with what they had done with it because, you know, it was Jinder Mahal for, you know, all we care. I thought it was weak myself. Yeah. I think they could have did, like, so much better. As ser- seriously, they could have done way better. Because This is how I would have done it, okay? How I would have done it would, instead of bringing, you know, what's-his-face out, bringing – Roman Reigns out talking and stuff, and then The Rock interrupts him. It's a, so much of a better way to call out the champion than just beating up some random and then being like, <laughs> "Should I hit? Should I sit at the, at the head of the table now that we, I just beat up this jobber?" Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But I, I think it would have been more intense the way that I was talking about, you know? Yeah, because he could have just like started coming in. And like you know, ready to fight, and not interrupt at all, and then just start talking trash back to him. That's all I was saying. It would have been it would have been much better if they did something different with it. Last night I was catching up with Raw from Monday, so I was watching the national championship. Good thing I had it recorded though. Drew McIntyre opened up Raw with a pretty fiery promo, called out CM Punk, and of course led CM Punk to come out. The two of them went back and forth for a little bit. Drew McIntyre announced that he's going to take some time away from the ring after losing his title match against Seth Rollins this last week, which was interrupted by Damian Priest, who wanted to cash in the money in the bank, which they're writing it weird. Like He always comes in to cash in the money in the bank during the match. Never when somebody wins and they're like beaten up. It's like in the middle of the match, he comes in to cash in. It just feels so backwards sometimes. I don't know. That was a great promo from both of them, though. Drew McIntyre, since his first WWE run, has improved immensely. He's really a main event star. People are people are going with him. Like, saw a lot of stuff recently as well, saying that people are kind of concerned about where they're going to go with the title belts. I feel like people shouldn't be worried at all because. 
there's a lot of talent right now that could hold the belt. It just shows how many options there are and like how many angles they could take these storylines and where they can go with who has the championship belts. Roman's had it almost nearly four years. He's been the universal champion, which is just crazy in WWE, like the new age WWE. That's like 90s, 80s, like golden age WWE where people would have multiple years as a champion. It brings me to Seth Rollins, who has only been the world heavyweight champion for seven months and has had 56 title defenses and has retained his belt 56 times in seven months. Just shows his insane longevity. And it just kind of proves that point that it doesn't really matter who's got the belt. There's enough talent right now where people can people can make the they make the fans happy with their, their talent. Same with NXT. So many angles and so many options. I hope that uh, Ilya Dragunov is okay as well because he broke his neck a couple weeks ago. And he was ready to have a match against Trick Williams last week, but he wasn't medically cleared. So he was unfortunately, he had to take his leave there. It leads me to AEW. Nobody really knows where that show's going right now because of what happened at their most recent pay-per-view. I feel like a lot of people are unhappy with how the MJF storyline turned out because Adam Cole ended up being the devil. So every like AEW is just insanely confusing. And I feel like it makes MJF look like the biggest idiot in the world. This is the fact that he fell for that. I don't know. I feel like AEW is kind of lost right now and they're kind of, they're kind of falling behind the footsteps of WWE. That is about that time to end our show for Sports in the Caves, 9.57 or 11.57 Eastern Standard Time, wherever you're watching us from. That is going to end off our show today, though, Episode 2. We appreciate everybody for watching, and come back next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, to watch Sports in the Cave. Caveman and HG are going to be signing off. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Peace out, everybody. That's the show for today, everyone. That's the show for today, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with an all-new show. And remember, you can listen to us again and again. The podcast of this radio show is available right after we go off the air tonight. Anywhere that you can get your podcast episodes. And thanks for joining us today. I'd like to take a moment to talk about something close to my heart. <laughs> 